The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa. Who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Let's have a show. Let's have a show. How's that? Is that Broadway? I like it. All right, good. <laughs> we have a great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is a very funny comedian, YouTube personality, political commentator, and the host of the Jimmy Dore Show, and his name is Jimmy Dore. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. You go to my website, you click the link, and you join the conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for Diane Peck. It's her birthday, and we want to wish her a happy birthday. Say happy birthday to Diane, everybody. Happy birthday, Diane. Yeah, happy birthday, Diane. That's awesome. That's good. <laughs> I like yeah, happy birthday, Diane. Take that! <laughs> Are Sorry, you a moon mark? Yeah, what was that? Uh, Another year closer to death, lady! What the hell I got a that? birthday coming up, so I got a little pent-up anger about my own impending birthday. But, <laughs> but, Diane, let me rephrase. Okay. Happy birthday. I hope it's a wonderful day for you. Okay. Genuinely. That's good, yeah. You're you're miserable. <laughs> Don't inflict that on Diane. Some East Coast vibe I was channeling. Yeah, happy birthday to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of East Coast, I just got back. We're back at a, we're, we're back here at the home office uh, here in Santa Monica. But I was in, I was in the... Uh, out Actually, of- you're in your hood. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was felt really good. I was doing spots at the cellar, and then I had a weekend in uh, in Jersey. Got to work with an old friend of mine, Joe Curry. 
So uh, that I used Foot. to. Yeah, my my friend Plankfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I uh, I met at the fence company when I worked at the Walt Whitman Fence Company on Long Island. We've been friends ever since high school. That's great. Yeah, and it was great to see him again. And that was like I would go back, like you said, I'd go back to my hood mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. So you would go back, and I remember going back to the fence company because I I worked there all through high school, and then I mm-hmm. went away to college, and then after your first year of college. Uh, I was like, this is great. I'm in a band. I'm going to have these friends forever. Then you go back sophomore year. You're like, I gained 15 pounds. That guy's an alcoholic. <laughs> he owes me money. This drug addict is going to kill somebody. <laughs> I'm going to go home and just go to work on a weekend. So I did because I, I could drive. It was two and a half hours from my house. So I would drive home Thursday after classes and I would work the weekend and then drive up uh, go back to school because I so I had money in my pocket and I could work. And every time I came home it was the same thing. Oh look, the college kids are here. <laughs> what is the college chops, right? Yeah. What are you gonna you gonna read about digging a hole? Or you gonna dig a hole? All right. <laughs> hey, professor, why don't you move that bucket of water over there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You working on your thesis? <laughs> or you gonna unload that truck? Get on the forklift, will you please? <laughs> My family calls that grounding you. Uh, on Long Island, it's called breaking your balls. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun talking to Jimmy Dore because uh, uh, he, he drove a forklift, too. You'll hear all about it in the, uh, in the interview. But I, I, really, I really enjoyed talking to him. And I really enjoyed going back to, to the city. You know, it was mm-hmm. nice to see everybody. And I'm a better comic in New York because uh, I can go down to the cellar. I can do multiple sets a night. And there's just uh, there's just more of an urgency to New York. Like, be funny quick. You know, it's like <laughs> I got a time limit here, kid. Come yeah. on, make me laugh. You're out. You're in the mix. You New York City. You're out. You're just in the flow. You just, you just yeah. like, well, where am I going? Like, get out of my way. Like, I better go this way, even if I'm not going this way. Yeah, honey. So fear makes you a better comic. Fear, urgency. You know, guy in the subway with a hammer. Everything. You know, <laughs> there's an urgency to New York. Let's let's go. Bottom line. I mean, I have it. Whenever I'm talking to my wife, you know, you're like, you're like honey, give me the bottom line. What? Oh, I have to move. Do I yeah. Paint. Yeah. It, where it where does this end? I don't need the background. Tell me what you need done. It's almost like I have to come in with talking points. Just, just where does this end? <laughs> where does this end? Let's just get get to the bottom. I don't need the background. Let's just get to the bottom. But sometimes it's, you need the little details to understand. I, I'll be honest with you, honey. I I really don't. this might be i don't know if it's a east coast thing a new york thing or specifically a long island thing Mm. because i work with a guy from long island a lot and he's pretty much a bottom line guy tony yeah (laughs) tony's always like i don't need flop what yeah (laughs) just get to it i don't want to have to follow you or try to figure (laughs) out what you're trying to tell me just tell me what you need to tell me yes yes my so. mo- my mother starts with the whole thing. My mother's like, Adam, do you remember Laverne? No. And then we're all, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Josie's kid, her, the middle child. Ma, I don't, <laughs> what are you trying, she's dead. Okay, Laverne is dead. You can just go there. I don't remember her. I'm not going to grieve. <laughs> You're not going to grieve. I'm not grieving. Cold-hearted I'm, bastard. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry Laverne is dead. <laughs> We're very sorry, Laverne. Yeah. Let's just get to the bottom line. <laughs> but that's good. And, and, and you know, and listen, I would make the comment that I'm a better comic in New York, but I've never played in New York and <laughs> it probably wouldn't help me that much. In fact, I'd probably be too intimidated by the crowd. Be like, come on, get to it. I go, I got to, where's the ripcord in this? I got to get out of here. But, but that's awesome that you get back there and you get, you know, you get that vibe again. And that's, that's, that's lights a fire in you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I, I would also think it's your people you're talking to. You mm-hmm. know, the pulse yes. of an East Coaster. Yeah. Rather than, you know, growing up here on the West Coast. I mean, I know that there's this big thing of East Coast making fun of West Coast. There's there's a reason for the differences and the reason why people do make fun of Yeah, them. you people are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just get I always look at I always look, I like what, what you said before Stone, about being a better comic in New York is it's I'll write stuff here and I'll write stuff on the road. It's like and that's like buying cocaine. And then you go back to New York and you boil it off and make crack. Because you just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta get to it, baby. This right, is it. let's go. We're, we're busy. We could die at any moment. Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I I do not feel as comfortable in New York as I do here. No, when I was doing uh, Rescue Me, I did my off, time. Yeah, for like four years. You did a time <laughs> down the village. Love I'm you, Rikers. New York. Yeah, and she's like, I, I gotta go. That's because Alex should be living with the Woodland Elves, you know? I mean, she shouldn't be in a place like New York. Mm. I, I do need my space, my animals, you, you know, trees. And, I, and, and I'm happy to give this to you, but I need birds. you to get to the point. Just, I just get to it. <laughs> screw life. <laughs> screw enjoying the moment. No, it's not screw. I don't need stories. I just get what, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do have to say that I do enjoy cultural things in new york mm-hmm. i went to the alexander mcqueen exhibit mm-hmm. it just blew my mind it right. had such i mean every little detail was perfect i went to the same exhibit here in la i was like eh. it didn't have that thing that special oomph that it well, had you know what in, it new is? in new york you had you had a, you had to wade through the crime to get there <laughs> So you had to, you, yeah, you earned it. You earned it. You went. You had. You had to get through the subway. God knows if you're going to come out. Who knows? So it may. I really enjoyed this because I risked my life to be here. Out here, you're like we had to sit in traffic, and I'm just bored. I get it. There's feathers on the wedding dress. It's not enough for me. Uh, you know what would be great It's like if you went to the exhibit here in in L.A. and oh, guess what? He's still alive. Now, how how would that be? That would change the exhibit. That yeah. would change the whole exhibit. That would change the whole exhibit. Mm-hmm. It would be a miraculous exhibit. See, and then it'd be worth something. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> Do you find that, Mark? Well, I, I mean, I've, I've been to a lot of museums when I've been out in L.A., and, and I love them. I've loved every experience there, and I go to stuff here in D.C., and I love them. But New York's a totally different beast. I mean, the exhibit's there, everything. It doesn't matter if it's a show, it's an exhibit. Everything's elevated. There's a different sense of, like, this is bigger because it's New York. So... Anytime I go there, anything I see, it feels like it's a bigger deal than it is anywhere, really anywhere than the country, kind of, you know? Mm. Well, it's like I just did a, I did a show when I was in New York, me and Joe did a show in Jersey and it was a bigger deal because I had to spend 16 bucks for the friggin' Lincoln Tunnel. (laughs) 16 bucks. 16 16 bucks. George Washington Bridge, too. It's the same bridge, okay? This, (laughs) same thing. This, your car's not washed when you get to the other side. There's no meal. It's just, you, you don't get a sandwich halfway through. <laughs> no, it's that, those prices, man. Every time I drive up there, I'm like, where is this money going? Yeah. How many cars are going over this bridge? How much money do you people make? Because it's not going to the roads. I don't know what you're doing with it, but that is 80, and 16 bucks. Yeah. That's a huge toll. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. You know, Thomas Wolfe said you can't go home again. You know why? Because you can't friggin' afford it. That's why. 
not sure where he's going with that, but you know what? You're right. Yeah. It's too expensive. Can't do it. Yeah. It was funny because when I was talking to Jimmy Doyle, he went home again and he got kind of got the same thing that I did when you went when I went back to the fence company. All the college kids are here. <laughs> always got to break balls. Man. Always got to break balls. But he was a really I really like Jimmy a lot. Uh, I enjoyed working with him. and I thank him for being on the show. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this. So you guys listen to this and we will see you on the other side. Impatience is a natural reaction to have when things aren't going our way. Usually when we're in a stressful situation, we tend to react like, this is taking forever, or this person is being so annoying. Okay, Laverne is dead. You can just go there. I don't remember her. I'm not going to grieve. <laughs> You're not going to grieve. I'm not grieving. Cold-hearted I'm, bastard. I'm, I'm, <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. Like I got the time for this. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I'm on the road. Come see me, please. I'll make you laugh. April 22nd and 23rd, I will be at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And April 29th and 30th, I will be at the Laugh It Up Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's a link to tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. Uh, we also have t-shirts. There's a link for the t-shirts in the show notes and a link to my YouTube special called It's Scary in Here. It's free, and I hope you watch it. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a comedian, YouTube personality, political commentator, and podcaster. He has had an award-winning hour special on Comedy Central. He is the host of the wild popular Jimmy Dore Show. He is from the south side of Chicago, which we all know is the baddest part of town. He is one of 12 children. He enjoys a nice Negroni, and we both know how to drive a forklift. I am very grateful he's made some time for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Jimmy Dore. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I didn't know you knew how to drive a forklift. How did you know I know how to drive a forklift? What do you think? I don't know things. I, how do you know this? I'm serious. <laughs> I did a little research on, on, on you, my friend. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you how I know how to drive a forklift. Um, I used to work for the Walt Whitman Fence Company on Long Island. And uh, they had these two forklifts and the trucks would deliver fencing, you know, the sections of fence. And uh, you had to get the forklift and unload them 
on pallets, stack them up and then load them onto the trucks and then take those trucks and drive them and put in fences and sheds. And that's how I learned how to drive it. I've wrecked a lot of fences before I, I got it down. <laughs> I was going to say, how much stuff did you wreck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I the tipping of that mast and stuff. Those those forks chewed up a lot of spruce, baby. They had. Um, they had I worked at a, they had all different kinds of people don't know there's all different kinds of forklifts, too. There's the there's the kind you stand on. Mm-hmm. Right. When you stand up and, and you're in the back of it and um, you, you, you drive it like this kind of with one hand and uh, you drive backwards a lot. My brother was driving one of those. He smashed into a beam mm. and cut his leg off. Wait a minute. Cut his leg off? Yeah, from just above the knee. Ah. Yeah. They had just washed the floor. Uh-huh. And uh, so he was driving it, and it's the it started sliding because the floor was wet, and it slid right into a beam. Oh, my God. Now, which, which number brother was this? Because there's 12 of you. So that was number three, brother. Number three, brother. Okay. Yeah. yeah. God. Oh, that's yeah. Those those are dangerous. And you want to know, Jimmy? No one gave us any. There was no school. You didn't have a, didn't no instructions. You knew God. No. Get on no. there and do it. They could get on there, and it's yeah. like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> well, it was the same thing when I did, you know, brickwork. You know, uh-huh. nobody really showed me how to how to do. Oh yeah. Was. And then they would yell, they, but they would yell at you when you fucked it up. Yeah, I know. No, I would do the same thing when I, because I worked in construction. So I'm doing brickwork. Nobody knew I didn't know what I was doing until I was done. And, <laughs> that's funny. But I mean, just every aspect of it, even. So we used to use these big wooden ladders, right? Because aluminum ladders will blow over yeah. if you're trying to go two and three stories high, right? One mm-hmm. story. But so we had to use these de- heavy wooden ladders and they were really long and they were uh, you'd have to carry two of them doubled up mm. and you'd have to carry them by yourself. And the way you carried it was that you, you carried it more kind of standing straight up. You didn't put it sideways, horizontal. You carried it kind of vertical. And but there's a technique to it. But nobody fucking showed me the technique. <laughs> And so, you know, of course, the first time I do it, boom, boom, bam, I fucking bang it off of a car in the street and on everyone. I just never forget my brother going, all eyes are on you. I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh, I know why. Because I had just gone to college mm-hmm. and I had come back for the summer. Yeah. And so they, they like to make fun of me for going to college. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, college boys going to try and carry the ladders all eyes are on you and then they would say stuff like it's not a book stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had this we had the same back we've had the same path my friend blue collar working up working with your hands went to college and i didn't want to go jimmy my father said you're going to college and i go why he said because you can oh yeah my dad on the other hand <laughs> on the other hand adam <laughs> uh, when I was in college, my dad, who was a, also a cop, his first mm. job was a Chicago policeman. His second job was doing tuck pointing and brick repair on residential buildings, mostly. And uh, uh, so he woke me up at seven in the morning on a Saturday. And I'm like, uh, he goes, get up. You're going to take the police test. Because I, I guess they have it once every 12 years or something. And this right. was the day. And he goes, get up. You're going to take the, I go, for what? You're going to take the police test. 
They go, Dad, I'm in college. Can't you wait for me to fuck up first? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, he couldn't. I was going down. To, I took it. He made me go. He made me go take it. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. Did your father want you to be a cop or did he want you to have a career and be settled? Uh, I think I, he definitely wanted me to go to college. But I think he just 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 expected us to fuck up. I, that's all I can think of. He just expected right. me to fuck up, and you better have a fallback. And this just comes around every twelve years or twenty. I don't know how often they gave that test. It wasn't often. Right. Uh, let me ask you this: Did you feel less than yet that you couldn't be like your father? Um, did you feel okay doing your own thing? Oh, I I was so comedy saved my life. Yeah. I was so, uh, you know, after you turn 20, I was like 23, 24. And uh, I was was already bored with going out to nightclubs and dance clubs. Like that Mm -hmm. was so exciting when I first started going, you know? And then very quickly became the same shit over and over. And I was like, this is, and then, and so that's when your friends start, you know, they start getting picked off. They start getting married. I was like, picked off. And I like um, the way you see life and marriage as walking across the Serengeti. That's nice. <laughs> the hyenas got Billy. Her name got, is Ellen. <laughs> they're going through, through the, the sniper corridor. <laughs> uh, so I found stand up comedy. So I had a reason to be out in the bars. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the, I'm doing something special and exciting. And I never felt more alive in my life. Yeah. I couldn't fucking believe it. I remember the first time I worked Zanies, they gave me five hundred dollars. And I was just like, this is that at the time I would, that's how much I was making doing the brickwork for a week. And I was like, what the fuck? This is amazing. And I, I walked around like I was the king. I figured out life. I figured it out. I got this thing and it really, uh, but I also had the anxiety of, well, you know, what if I'm not good enough to be forever or great or what Mm -hmm. if I, turn out to be mediocre and so that then that creeps in you know yeah. so you'd have very very short windows of elation surrounded by anxiety worry and self-doubt oh yeah welcome to my world <laughs> comedy <laughs> saved you know how comedy saved me jimmy same thing i felt like i belong i felt like i found my place so that part was kind of a, a knowing of settledness was in me but then the work began because comedy for me was like I got out of the familiar surroundings and I was putting out something on stage and what I was putting out was being reflected back to me. I'm frustrations, funny on me. Anger's not. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's good. That's a good point. That's, that's so I know point. I can go to frustration on stage, but internally I'm, I'm, it's more depression because I'm angry at myself. I'm angry. There's anger there and I'm directed inward. So when I, when we were talking about, you know, anger as a, not a motivational thing, but something we deal with that that's how mine uh, comes out. So uh, I've also had the, the depression. Mm-hmm. You know, right, the good thing, good thing about my family is it runs in my family, except uh, they never fucking talked about it. So yeah, what happens they- is you think it's the first time you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I'm like, and so then when I, I remember it was like, it was 1999 and I didn't know what the fuck was happening to me for like six months. I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had this horrible anxiety, this big knot in my chest. Like, oh, it was horrible. I couldn't sleep. 
And then finally, you know, I told my mom and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, your daddy had that and your sister and then your aunt. And, your aunt. and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I've been living with this for six fucking months. <laughs> and uh, because, it, you, you, you know, you, you know, if you've suffered from real clinical sure. depression, that it, it's not people who don't don't understand. Like, they're like, what's your problem? It's, everybody gets in sad mood. It's not a sad mood. It's like a. It's like a drug you're on that you can't get off. You're waiting to come down, but it makes you feel the worst things in the world forever. Mm. And you can't get just like, come on. It's like, I'm almost standing outside myself going, all right, already. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And like you said, there's no treatment or acknowledgement in the family unit. You know, you know where I found like, may, I always felt like there was something wrong and, but there was no outlet and you never knew to talk about it. PBS when they needed money would run Leo Buscalia. And Wayne Dodd. Yes. Yes. Leo Buscalia. Yeah. He would, he does all about the love and the love. I love everybody. And, uh, yeah. and he lets everybody in in traffic. That guy was the greatest, right? He all talked about the love. I remember he tells the story about he uh, people who rake their leaves. Mm -hmm. He, and they would get mad at him because he didn't rake his leaves. He's like, but it looks beautiful. It's natural. And so then he did rake his leaves one day. And he took them inside his house and put them all over his house. Like, it's a little extreme. <laughs> yeah, he had the his attitude was like he was uh, I felt frustration. He felt frustrated that people aren't seeing the positive. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that was him. Definitely. Yeah, that was his delivery system. So I think I adapted a lot of that stuff. And then and then Wayne Dyer comes on. You know, when, when they need to raise money and they're like, all you got to do is you got to breathe right. And then you can get everything you want. <laughs> just, yeah, it was just uh, I, I mean, I liked Wayne Dyer. I read a lot of his books. I watched some, probably all of his PBS specials. Mm -hmm. You know what thing that and I still none of it seemed to make a qualitative difference in my life. It's like I could I could intellectually understand what they were saying, but I couldn't ever live it. You know, I would still find myself being angry and frustrated and anxious. And I was just like, what in the fuck is this? And so the only thing that seems to work now as, as this Eckhart Tolle guy. Yeah, yeah I, I like him. And he, he says, he says, act as if every situation you are in, you've chosen it yourself. Because mm -hmm. you never know how things are going to work out. Right. There's that story of perhaps that uh, you never know what's good or bad. Like there's that stuff. What is, something about the guy wins the lot or, or wins a horse. Yeah, yeah. And, and they go, oh, that's great news. He goes, oh, perhaps. And then his son's riding the horse and breaks his leg. And they go, oh, that's bad news. Yeah. He goes, well, perhaps. And then when his son's in the hospital with his broken leg, they come along to get all the soldiers to go fight in the war and they can't get his son because he has a broken leg. So it turns out it was a good thing. So that's the, and that just can go on forever. You never know. So, uh, Eckhart Tolle says that act like you've used. So now I'm, you never know how, a you know, you ever have something misfortunate you think at the moment is misfortunate, but then it turns out, well, if that wasn't for that, I would have never did that. Yeah. And, like if I didn't lose that job, I would have never went on to that job. Mm -hmm. And so now that's how I try to look at everything. So when I get frustrated or angry about or something that uh, doesn't go my way or something that I would normally get angry at, I try to remind myself like, oh, no, this I wonder how this is going to show up in the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, well, and that and then just, you know, that kind of takes that kind of it's hard to do. I don't do it all the time. 
You know, yeah. if I could do it all the time, if I could remember to do, I think that's why they call it spiritual practice because you have to keep practicing because you keep, I keep fucking up, you know, yeah. I fuck up oh, more God. than yeah. yeah, that's when my life starts. Here's the worst part about fucking up is when when you're aware of it and you still do it. That's when my life moves yes. into emotions. Yeah. Mm. I'm fucking up again and I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I can't. Yeah. So Carl Jung would say that that is when you're you're taken over by your shadow like mm-hmm. and your unconscious. Uh, yeah. So I've been reading a lot of Carl Jung, too. Boy, that guy's heavy duty. Yeah, that, he's a lot of laughs, too. <laughs> I got you know, I got what did I just finish with? oh Joseph Campbell you're not going to find spirituality through intellect you're going to find it through courage yes that's exactly that's exactly right wow so Joseph Campbell um and Carl Jung they've all talked about the collective unconscious mm-hmm. and and how we we, we have a personal consciousness and then we have a personal unconsciousness but then we also have a collective unconsciousness that we share with all of humanity and so we're not the shit out of me jimmy yeah the idea you know separateness is an illusion in that sense that we're all just a part of the same energy wave you know and you know you can look at it a million different ways one way is like we didn't come we didn't get dropped down into the earth we literally came out of the earth Mm mm-hmm human being, just like everything else, right? So we came out of the earth. Like a fungus. (laughs) But anyway, how do you deal with your anger? I I try to, first thing I do is acknowledge it, that that's what it is, um, and not let it suck me in. Uh, It's like, I think totally, it's the pain body, if you read Eckhart Tolle. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I I get up in the morning, like, uh, Jimmy, I don't wake up refreshed to greet the new day, okay? I wake up. I wake up confused uh, and terrified. <laughs> you know, you know, I just my it's so funny because my perception of you all these years have been so opposite. You always seemed very con- collected, very calm and cool. Well, you know, had- what the, you know what? You know what? You know what? Because because stand up was, was such a gift for me where I finally found not not my purpose. I mean, life, the, the meaning of life is the meaning you give it. But uh, I always feel better when I'm doing something in service of others or in for the whole. So I'm not going to let my anger infect the one place I feel I feel useful and better. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's smart. That's a very smart way to put it. Again, uh, but I'm no- dying inside door. <laughs> Here's the thing I wanted to ask you, because you're 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 on the front lines. You're a political dude. Uh, I'm not. I'm not I because I just don't feel that that's where I'm, I'm supposed to to help what I'm doing right now. I'm a student of the human condition. So if I can illuminate someone else's pain uh, through through illuminating my own pain, I think that's how I, that's how I feel satisfied and being able to contribute. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's got their own. You know, I've heard people say, uh, you know, they try to make fun of like animal rights activists. Like there's, there's homeless people. You should, it's like, everybody has their own lane. Yeah. That doesn't you know. Everybody finds their, uh, it's like Henry David Thoreau. Like, uh, he came for, I guess his dad was rich. And I read, I read some story or heard some story about, he tells uh, that, you know, he tried to do charity mm-hmm. and he said that, uh, often at the, when it was over, the people he was trying to help were worse off. Than before, and I remember this line. He said, "So even charity has its own genius." 
Yeah. I remember that line. And so I, that's why I'm like, everybody does their own thing. This person wants to stop nuclear war. This people want, they want to feed the poor in Africa. They're, and people go, well, there's poor people right on, outside your door. Everybody has their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, I try not to, to wag my finger at people who are helping. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you because you're on the front lines of, look, here's where I come down politically. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I say this on stage sometimes. Uh, I don't make enough money for the Republicans to care about me, and I make too much for the Democrats to give me shit. So no matter who's in charge, I'm fucked. You're right. You got it right. You think you don't know? You know. You got but, it well, right. But but my point is this. I don't – so I'm not engaged in the battle uh, – I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the common ground to to bring people together. My question to you is what's going to make this better from your perspective? So America's the most propagandized country in the world and they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And they fall for the same propaganda over and over and over and a lot of it has to do that we only have six giant media companies bringing you all the propaganda, right? So mm-hmm. there's no competing. And so when somebody gets outside of that and they can't control the narrative, um, they uh, they do everything they can to discredit and smear that person, right? Just like they do to anybody who goes against the establishment. Mm-hmm. Every TV show, every magazine, every radio show, every, it's all produced by the same handful of billionaires, mm-hmm. right? And and so once we were just, I mean, Noam Chomsky taught us the corporate news is there to manufacture consent. Well, yeah, and, that's that's yeah, that's it's 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 profit vote. It's profit motivated information. That's that's all it is. It's it's political profit motive. Uh, it's it's not designed to deliver information. It's designed to make a profit. A hundred percent. I have a, a something to run. Pa- I have a theory to run past you about just the plumbing, just how the manipulation works on a human being. And I just want to run this past you to see if I'm accurate or not. All right. They're going to prey on fear and anxiety. Um, so they'll take an event or something. They'll weave a story around it that addresses the emotions that you're feeling right now. So you feel like you're being heard. Right. So now you got some, you got, you got a place where you feel you belong. Then uh, it, that gives, that gives you a little bit of a spike of relief and you're not alone. Then they tell you it's not your fault. It's them. So now you have someone to blame and they give it a name, whatever name you want to give them, so you can label and dismiss them when you have that feeling again. And then they tell you they're making your life miserable, and they're the ones that are attacking everything you hold dear. You need to attack, and please donate, because we'll fight this with you. Like and subscribe. Ah, that is that is great. Did you write that down? That's, I did, because I wanted, I wanted to ask you, because I'm thinking, I, I'm looking about how, how does the manipulation work, and do you think I'm accurate? First of all, is that in your act? And if it's not, can I buy that from you? It's in my act now. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. How much? Because that would, uh, you know, you say the number first. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because I, I wanted to take advantage of your expertise, Jim, because I feel very, a very kindred spirit with you because we grew up the same way. And I think we have the same awareness and we're fighting the same fight from different, different. Fa- you're, you're on a frontal attack and I'm on the flank. I think. I mean, that was profound what you just said. That really was. I mean, that was really well said. And, it, and it, you know, like all great comedy, it slices through the bullshit and shines a light on something in a way you hadn't seen before. And that's perfect. And uh, I'll, I'm going to have to quote you now. I'll just say my friend Adam says. Thank you. And then I'll just get to do that. <laughs> okay. So and, if it's uh, right, Jimmy, and you know, <laughs> if, if it's if, if it's right, and thank you for the kind words, 
how do how is that going to get fixed? So I guess the, the, that's what the point of my show, the Jimmy Dore show is uh, that I don't demonize people I disagree with politically and that I try to con convince everyone that we actually agree on more than we disagree. Mm -hmm. And it's in the oligarchy's interest to heighten and play up the parts, the small areas where we disagree, like the cultural stuff, instead of focusing on the economic issues. Well, and once we realize that we uh, we we have more in common then, like, for instance, the majority of the country knows that we're being screwed by health care, mm -hmm. that we, we privatize, we, we, we do it. All, the only country that does it like this, we pay twice as much as the rest of the Western world for worse outcomes. And so now the majority of the country would like to see the government provide some kind of single payer. What, so that's what we re need to realize, that we, we, we agree on ending the wars. And, and, you know, the money that they increase, just the money they increased the Pentagon this year. Just the mm -hmm. money they increased, the money they that they gave them more than they even asked for. That's how bought they are. Uh, that just the increase in the Pentagon could end homelessness forever. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Right. That's the kind of money we're spending on the military. So we all agree on this stuff. So uh, what we need to realize is that we, we all agree on most things. We want to end the wars. We want a living wage. Uh we, we want a single payer health care that doesn't make you go bankrupt when you get sick and everybody wants a good education. So I think we could start there. That's and great. We're also, and I think we're all the world's biggest penal colony. People don't, we always like to call ourselves the land of the free and the brave, but we're the world's largest penal colony because we're, because it's profitable. We have private prisons. I think we would all be for getting rid of private prisons. We yeah. got to take and so because those people who uh, run private prisons, what they do is then they buy the politicians that say write more laws to put more people in prison. So we keep. And so now your kid ends up in prison because he got a joint in his pocket. So yeah. I think we can all agree on this, that first of all, we got to make marijuana legal. Right. And I think so. So, these, so that's there's a part, there's a thing called the People's Party built on those issues instead of built on typical left right politics. The, the, the system is the, the power brokers keep the divide happening and they feed. It's like the countries that feed terrorism. They need to keep the enemy alive to keep you paying money. To, oh, we're going to kill this. I right, push it back a little bit. It's, a, it's an election year. Give them gambling. It's an election year. <laughs> I think you're in the lane you're supposed to be, Jimmy. I think I'm in the lane I'm supposed to be. I just hope it moves faster and there's no pole at the end of this road. Me too. <laughs> And, and, and I, I and I will tell you this. I tried a Negroni the other day because I saw you drinking them a couple nights at the club. Terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> it's got a it's got a bitter and a sweet. I like it. It's got a citrusy bite. It's like it's like a, it's, it's like you're being attacked by a disappointed orange. <laughs> I don't think it's I think it's appointed. I don't think yeah. it's disappointed. <laughs> well, whatever it is, that orange's life didn't turn out the way it wanted it to, and it's taking it out on your taste buds. Anyway, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm flattered to be on your show. Good to see you, my brother. I hope I see you soon. Best to you and your wife. I really enjoyed working with the both of you. Okay, pal. Right back at you. Talk to you soon. Be well, brother. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you're struggling with depression and you had no idea it was in your family, 
because nobody told you. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this could cause you a little anxiety. So, why don't you do what I do? You take a gummy they have at cruisingtowellness.com. They also have edibles. They got tinctures, they got pain creams, they got bath products, they got pet products, anything they have. You're taking 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. Yes, you are. 20% off anything they have at cruisingtowellness.com. Enough already. Go. Feel better. This is Jimmy Dore, and that was really 30 minutes. I will never get back. I really enjoyed talking to Jimmy. You guys are kindred spirits, Adam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really cool guy. And I got to tell you, after hearing you guys talk some more about the forklift, I just got to tell you, I'm in that club, too. I had a job where I actually had to drive a forklift, too. So put me in that club. Stop it. Wait, what did you have to do? I love instant doubt. Yeah, seriously, what did you have to do? <laughs> like you had to drive a forklift at a radio station. What 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 kind of what kind of contest to win Aerosmith tickets were you running? <laughs> this is before I started my career in radio. Um uh one of the first jobs I had uh was working at a French aircraft company uh, company and i worked in the parts warehouse okay now we know why there's no more concord go ahead <laughs> that oh, actually Mark. that actually is a little bit of my fault yeah i uh, sorry i lost some parts and one thing led to another now it's canceled but <laughs> you would you would get an order for a part and you know it's stacked up you know and you had to you had the little propane driven forklift mm-hmm. you're gonna wheel it around and you gotta raise the thing and pull the slat out bring it down is that what they call them the wooden slats am i getting that terminology right no, clearly pallets Oh, or pallets, slats, you know, it's a, that's a Boston, you know, New York difference right there. But. Not even close. <laughs> Not got nothing to do with Boston. It's got nothing to do with New York. All right. You yeah, know what it's yeah, called? It's true. called the wrong word, Stern. That's what it's called. <laughs> that's, that, technically, it's the wrong word, Stern. You, or she um, say the thingy. The th- yeah. <laughs> it could be, yeah, the, the wooden thingy. Yes, that's what I <laughs> Now you're going to get technical. <laughs> so... So, yeah, I would have to pull the parts out. Now, if I'm being 100% honest, mm. there were about five or six of us that worked in a warehouse. I wasn't your number one choice. Like, if <laughs> no. the other five guys were there and relatively sober, they were going to get to drive the forklift. But every once in a while, your number's up, kid. Get in there. We're all pulling for you. Uh, just so you know, mm. I have a certificate to drive a forklift. I actually went to forklift school. Okay, what? there's no forklift school. What, oh, what's yes, it, there is. What's it's- it called? Fork you? <laughs> no, there's actually a person who teaches you, certifies you, I guess in the state of California. Um, that, that's where we a, went wrong, sir. No one taught us anything. Get on there. <laughs> Doug is drunk. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't get a tutorial. I got, I got nothing. nothing. <laughs> but all I could really think about is Adam driving the forklift mm-hmm. like a go-kart. That's yeah. all I could think about yeah, Adam. Yeah. Driving yeah. that forklift. Yeah. I know. I know in the back of your mind, Adam, and that's 100 percent right, Alex. You're probably being like, what how fast this single go? Oh, yeah. How quick mm-hmm. I can take the turn. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then if you got the mast all the way up, you go, oh, 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 I'm, I'm right. wobbling. Yeah. And that phrase, oh, oh, that yeah. was in my head the entire time. I was almost like, oh, 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 what am I doing? Oh, my God. How are we done? Can I get off, please? Yeah, I, I broke a lot of uh, in, in Stern's words, slats. I broke a lot of those. <laughs> Slat thingies. Yeah. Yes. See that we all have that in common now with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I love that. We're forklift drivers. Who would have guessed? Yeah. It, and you see what I said when he went home? Ah, it ain't a book. It's a ladder. <laughs> all <laughs> eyes are on you. <laughs> I mean, it's always it's always trying to bust balls from the person 
who's just trying to better themselves. Yeah. And when you go back home, it's always I, I don't know whether it's done out of like fear of somebody breaking away from the tribe or it's a reflection that maybe I need to be doing more with my life. And so there I'm going to for like belittle you or whether it's just friendly breaking balls, you know, but it always happens. I think it's a way of staying connected to that person. Like, hey, are you the same guy who left? Because I don't want to lose that connection. Mm. I really yeah. do think it's that. I think there's some of that in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I also think there's a lot of nobody wants to see what they my father used to say, very few people are going to help you up the ladder. They're going to pull you yeah. off the ladder so right. they don't have to examine their own stuff. And a lot of people are just uh, they're going to pull you down rather than, than push you up. I, I think it's more true outside the family. But I, I think your family downright wants you to succeed. They're proud of you. Like when, when I go home mm-hmm. um, to your house, they're, yeah. they're like, wow, did you see Adam? You know, they're. They're so yeah. proud of like everything you've They're done. They're proud of me and, and, until I say I can't eat that. What's the matter? Our food's <laughs> no good for you. Hey, Hollywood. What yeah. do you want? Some gluten? What do you want? Yes. Oh, it's got gluten in it. Don't show it to Adam. He's going to curl up and die. You know, just okay. Another way to break your balls. Yeah. How's your kale going? You eating your kale? <laughs> you want some more kale? It's gone yeah. good. How's the type 2 diabetes coming along? What do you got? Eight toes left? Goodness, Adam. But yeah, I agree with you, honey. They, uh, my, my family, they're, they're very, they're out of their minds, but they're very supportive and I love them very much. Mm-hmm. They're nuts. Everybody's nuts, Adam. It's just the, the temperature of nuts you have to worry about. Well, well mine, mine's Fahrenheit 451 nuts. <laughs> Well, I know you always run a little hot, mm-hmm. and I know you and I have talked about anger issues, and and hearing you and Jimmy talk about it and how you deal with it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it reminds me because you and I have had those conversations mm-hmm. about you know my well documented road rage game, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I have found that when I see myself in a situation where the anger is rising, yeah, that I can pull myself out of it and be like, don't act like a jackass, and this just happened to me yesterday. I'm in line at the Safeway, getting my groceries, and there's a woman in front of me, and it's taken her forever. I mean, it's like, I mean, abs- absurdly long. And I'm starting, my, I'm starting to tap my toe. I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, how long is it going to take? And then I'm like, what do you, who cares? It's an old woman. Like, she's going a little slow. Who cares? And so I didn't say anything. I didn't say, like, any wise-ass remarks. And at the end of it, the woman was like, I am so sorry. It took me so long, young man which I also love because, you know, anytime I get a young man, I feel pretty good about that. Sure. And and she's like, I got a hurt shoulder and I can't carry my stuff the way I want. I'm so sorry. And I was like, isn't this great? Like, then I had this sort of warm moment with somebody instead of me coming across like like a jackass. You timed that well. I would have punched her right in the shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) You got a bad shoulder now? That's good. Now how's it feel? All right. All right. Stay home. Have somebody bring you your groceries. All right. You know, at the same place, they have a bagging guy mm-hmm. who literally has, I don't know, he's got something wrong with his arm. It's always in a sling. And and part of me wants to be like, why is he on bagging detail? This is not the detail for <laughs> yeah. him. Come on. But he's a nice kid. So I'm like, hey, buddy, how you doing? And everybody loves him. And you're like, okay, let's just all relax. Yeah, but that, that's like, you know, that's a scam. It, it, it's like a lawyer charging you by, by the hour and he stutters. You know what? <laughs> Screw you. Who are you bullshitting? <laughs> Well, you see, Adam, what? it seemed like uh, the details helped Mark in this situation rather than bottom lining it. What do you mean? You found out that she had a bad shoulder and... Yeah, she gave her a little background, and which made Mark have some sympathy for her. 
All right, well. Or empathy. That's fine. It's good for Mark. For me, not going to work. <laughs> not going to work. He's closed. I, I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I, I, would, I was kidding. I'm not going to punch her in the shoulder. I know that. I'll take her out at the knee. <laughs> Shut up, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just so you guys know the real deal, Adam would be the first one walking her to her car with her groceries, helping her out, and then asking if she wanted him to drive her home. All right. You know what? You're probably right because it would move this wrong a little bit fast. The lady, I'll, pa- I'll pay for your frigging groceries, lady. Ah, now I know what, why Adam doesn't want to know the details. Why? Because you care. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I don't want to care. I, really, <laughs> I think that's it. I, really, I don't want to care. You have a big heart. I got enough problems. <laughs> but I will say this, and Alex is right, because I've walked, I've been at a checkout counter with you a ton of times, and every single time... You make everyone around you, you make sure that the checkout person is laughing and smiling and, and you brighten their day. I know you don't want to hear that because you're a New York tough guy, mm. but that's who you are. Yeah. You got a big butterscotch heart. All right. Well, it all comes to an end right now. To hell with all you. <laughs> <laughs> we know your secret now, Adam. <laughs> well, you know what? At that moment, you know, I, I care about others. Perhaps it'll be different in another moment. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that... I? I love that parable. I'm going to call it a parable. Mm. Maybe it's a slat. Maybe it's a pallet. I don't know, but I'm going to call it a parable. <laughs> okay? And I just think that's great. Like, you never know. Like, oh, he, he got a horse. That's wonderful. Perhaps. Oh, he fell off and he broke his leg. That's terrible. Perhaps. You never know where life is going to lead you. And specifically, I take this, the, the big lesson I take from that, you never know when a terrible thing is going to lead you directly to the most amazing thing in your life. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I want to know everything about Eckhart Tolle now, Adam. Now, yeah. When I when I was quoting him, she's like, would you please shut up? It's true. <laughs> it's true. And now I'm like, well, there's something to this, yeah. Eckhart Tolle. Okay, great. Yeah. I bring it up. I'm a pain in the ass. Jimmy <laughs> Dore brings it up. He's such it's an enlightened like being. <laughs> Tell me more, Mr. Dore. It's always like that, isn't it? <laughs> Well, you probably didn't bottom line it fast enough for Alex. You know, you got to get to the there heart of things. There you go. Yeah, you're right. This is my fault. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> well, I loved what you guys were talking about so much. I, especially this one quote. Mm. Accept, then act. Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it. Mm-hmm. Always work with it, not against it. Yeah. That's, that's. Great. I, I want that on a T-shirt, a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> I want all of that. So Mark chose the one-armed lady in front of her at the Safeway mm-hmm. to act as a as, as practice to learn patience. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was a good moment of like, yes, let me practice my patience here. Let me let me let me turn the anger away and work on work on patience. You know. Okay. Yeah. Honey. I have something out of the box with that. Go ahead. The lady next week wins. $10 million, mm-hmm. sees him in the grocery store the following week, mm-hmm. gives him $1 million. Yeah. Wow. That's not going to happen at all. That's, <laughs> Could happen. It's going to be at least, it's got to be at least $2 million, right? I mean, that's, that's wow. That's, that's, that's really not going to happen. Are you out of your friggin' mind? <laughs> that lady hits that. They're bringing the groceries to the house. She ain't leaving a house. She's not even living in that neighborhood anymore. She's moving where nobody knows her. She's going to call a doctor, fix this friggin' shoulder. I'm going to Beverly Hills. Hilarious. You might be right. You might be right. Here's the thing about that story. Um, 
it's it. I I think the the moral or or the lesson or the thing you take from it is just just wait. You know, everything changes. This too shall pass, good and bad. Um, yeah. But you always go to if this didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. You're always looking back when you're in a happy place. When you're miserable, <laughs> the story doesn't work. You know. Well, well yeah. also when you're miserable, you can't let stuff in to creatively get out of your misery. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Explain a little further. You're closed up to the possibilities that this is going to change. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, you're less resourceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're clouded by by the frustration of the misery yes. that surrounds you. Yeah, you you yeah you uh, to, to to steal a line from you, Adam, and you could put this on a T-shirt if you want, Alex. But yeah, you close <laughs> yourself off to that because you you you're so intently focused on the crap going on, you yeah. can't let yourself open up to anything positive. At that, I point. can see. Yeah, I could see how that's a real because I'd be I'd be focused on going. All right, which shoulder is it? Is it the left? <laughs> poor lady. Which? <laughs> we love you, lady, wherever you are. Yeah. Good luck yes. with your shoulder. Yes. Yeah, she was very sweet. Very sweet. You know what else I really love that you guys talked about? And I, I, He was a really cool guy. And it was a fascinating conversation. But what you guys talked about in the end, uh, it's, it's just like the differences. Like, how did we get here? And all the stuff that's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. And the takeaway I had from that is, you know what? we're all a lot more alike than mm-hmm. we are different. And, and, and when we kind of break through that surface, the armor that we all have when we go out, cause we're afraid somebody's going to hit us with a hammer on a train or somebody's going to yell at us or whatever. Like when we get past that, that armor, we are all in it together. Yeah. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think people have that spirit. You know, think about it. If, and I know you guys don't get snow out there, but you know, in the East coast, you get, if your car gets stuck in the snow, there's instantly like 20 people around getting ready to push you out of the snow and they don't know you. They, and they just wave as you mm-hmm. go away. That's what I like to think of humanity is like those. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. We're ready to help out people in, in a situation where they need help and we're ready to be friends with them. You know? Yeah. And we do have the same civil lives. Like, like we're all, we all have our problems. We're all miserable. So it's, it's, we all have our problems and we're all miserable. Yeah. I don't know. It's caused by other people. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> We're all miserable and it's caused by somebody else, you sons of bitches. Well, that's what I meant. Oh, my goodness. I do have to say, Adam, you mm. made me freaking proud when you said what you said. Oh, you mean my, my theory about how the manipula- how manipulation works? Yeah. That, right. that was dead on accurate. Yeah. Look at that. Hilarious yeah. when he said, can I use that in my act? <laughs> Yeah, he goes, is that in your acting? Well, it is now. Jesus, I just wrote it last night. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, honey, I'm glad you're excited to hear about Eckhart Tolle from somebody else. If I bring the message, (laughs) she just shuts down. I've already looked online for all his collections. I have them. You don't have to. I got gigs of them on my phone. I listen to them. Okay. I got all the books and everything. We should do that. You know, and, and even like what he said, like, if you accept what is and then take action, you're doing something about it. You're not like it shouldn't be. Anytime the word should comes up, I'm screwed. You know, because now I'm yeah. blaming somebody else. Like, this shouldn't happen. Doesn't matter. It's here, putts. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. so what are you going to do about it? It's uh, is um, is something I always go, OK, what are you going to do about it? And to take pressure off myself. I think I mentioned this when I was when I was talking to Dr. Larry Falwell, the um, the uh, the neuroscientist. Um I wait to see. Oh, I've taken pressure off myself because I'm like, okay, how's this going to show up? Mm-hmm. How's this going to manifest? If I already put the intention out, I have to trust that the universe heard me 
Right. You know, a lot of a lot of times when I talk to the universe, it's like me being a comic tapping the mic. Is this on? Is this on? <laughs> What's taking you so long? I think that's the problem. What's taking it so long? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the issue. But to take pressure off myself, I'm like, all right, how is this going to show up? And he used this a similar phrase like, how's this going to appear in the movie? Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Of our movies. Yeah. Yeah. So you should try it, honey. I'm going to try it. Good, because you have patience and I don't. Let me know how it turns out. <laughs> Adam, yeah. I hate to disappoint you, what? but you're in my movie. I am? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm on a white horse. I'm riding in like a prince to see you. <laughs> my lady. My lady, let me kiss you and knock that apple from your lips. Awaken from your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I will tell you this, honey, I would be your Prince Charming. I would rescue you. I'd spend the rest of my life with you, but we are not drinking Negronis. They're friggin' terrible. Have you ever had a Negroni? I don't I don't know if I know what a Negroni is. I, it's not a beer, right? No, it's Campari and vermouth and I think gin, whatever it is. It's everything Adam <sighs> hates. It's red and you, you put it over ice. Yeah, It honey. doesn't even that... sound nice to me. No. I mean, I know that maybe I'd like it, but... Negroni does, no. doesn't sound... like a sound... guy you owe money to. Freak, get in the car. Negroni's coming. The Jets didn't cover. <laughs> I just looked this up. It says, what does a Negroni taste like? Mm -hmm. It tastes like cherry, wine, and citrus, but with a noticeable bitter notes. And this is the key phrase, kids. It can be a bit of an acquired taste, meaning tastes like crap at first and yeah. maybe for your whole life. It's the other thing about acquired taste. Why I want to get used to something if the first time I taste it, I go, <laughs> keep going. You'll get used to it. Get the hell out of here. No, I'm, exactly. I want to thank Jimmy Dore for being my guest. Uh, his show, The Jimmy Dore Show, is free on YouTube. Uh, honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, we got T-shirts. Uh, I want to thank everybody for sending me pictures of the ones they received. I understand they're very soft, honey. Well Ooh. done. We made them nice for the people, and I like Glad that. To hear. Uh, the YouTube special is still free, still on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for spreading the word about the show. Uh, if you leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And please remember that life is hard, so you take it easy on yourself. The pod has ended. Go in peace. Just, just where does this end? Where does this end? Let's just get get to the bottom. I don't need the background. Let's just get to the bottom. But sometimes this, you need the little details to understand. I'll be honest with you, honey. I, I really don't. <laughs> He's right, Alex. Don't bother with the details. He's never gonna understand. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.